Hey everybody, welcome to another episode from Impact Fellowship. We just thank y'all for tuning in as you always do consistently. Sit back, relax, get your notepad out, open your heart for what God has in store for you today. Hey man, come on. Just give God another hand praise. I am very thankful to be here today. I know that I was asked last week, you know, pastor was a little bit under the weather. But I appreciate God's healing power. Amen. I don't, I don't take it for granted. You can be seated. I just want to uh, share with you um, some things. Greetings to everyone who is joining us uh, live on social media, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Listen, I believe that God has something for you uh, today. Um, I was in prayer this morning, and I was um, just... Um, thanking God for all of you, and then specifically for those who are joining us from afar. Will you put up um, the, the invitation for next uh, week? I want to share something with you. For those who are in the Philadelphia area, we are coming to Philadelphia um, on Saturday the 23rd. That's right. Dr. Sarah Jones has been asked to participate in a women's conference. Now, I understand it says women's conference. But uh, for all the males who are in that area, it's open to you also. Why is this important? Because the woman of, the woman of God that's a part of this house, this ministry, um, has been asked to, to uh, participate in a, a conference. Will you please do a, a close-up on, on that, please? Um, and I want to just, one, invite all of you who are in the area on Saturday the 23rd to come out and join us. Yes, I'll be there as well. Um, the uh, Apostle uh, uh, will be that he has invited us, uh, Apostle Kevin has invited us um, out, um, and Dr. Sarah will be bringing the word. Why is this important? It's because um, the anointed word from the woman of God, um, specifically for you, that's right, she's a part of us, and God has given her something for the people, um, specifically at the, for this conference. Um, and I just want to invite all of you who are in the Philadelphia area. That's right. You can see this same um, uh, this same um, advertisement on our website as well. But take advantage of, of meeting up with us. I'm looking forward to seeing um, most of you who are in the area on Saturday, the 23rd of September at 2.30. I believe it's at 2.30 or... 2 p.m. at 2 p.m. Um, we will be there. Um, it's in the area of 63rd and Market Streets. Um, I gotta move over. Can you see it now? It's in the area of 63rd and Market Streets, and so we will be there. Um, and Dr. Sarah will be bringing the word. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God another hand. Praise. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's not working. Okay, but we're going to make it work anyway. Amen. So, turn with me into the book of 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter. 2 Chronicles, the 7th chapter. We'll be going to, we're going to begin at, come on, you can bring that. We're going to begin at the 12th verse. Thank you. 2 Chronicles, the 10th chapter, beginning at the 12th verse. And it reads, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, 
I have heard your prayer. Somebody said he heard me. He I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I had, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. Here it comes. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Hallelujah. Somebody say, heal the land. One of the things that I wanted to share with you um, today is that there is power in corporate prayer. There is power in corporate prayer. Hallelujah. And when we pray corporately, something happens. It's a revival that comes to the land when we pray corporately. Now, what do you mean by praying corporately? Corporately meaning we get together and pray with somebody else. I was like, okay, I'm in the right place. I'm looking at a lot of uncomfortable faces right now. Can, can, can I just be honest with you? Some of us don't like praying with other people. Amen? Some people pray too long. Glory to God. Am I in the right church? Okay. Some people pray too long. Some people pray too loud. Some people don't say nothing at all. But either way, we get uncomfortable when it's time to pray corporately. Now, we don't mind putting things out there and asking people to pray for us. As long as I don't have to stand there when you do it. You know, we'll say things like, you know, I'm going through some stuff. Where are my prayer warriors? I need someone to pray for me. But there is something about when we actually come together in prayer on a topic. Glory to God. I believe that God is going to do something for us here today. Watch this. One of the most amazing elements of this verse is... What's wrong with this thing? Are we having trouble this morning? One of the amazing parts of this verse is that it shows the consistency of character of God. There is no great discrepancy between his character in the Old Testament versus his character in the New Testament. He remains the same. He is ready and willing to forgive, and now, watch this, he is now ready to forgive us and then move on our behalf. Hebrews, the 13th chapter, says it this way. It says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. In other words, he doesn't change. In other words, he is just as strong yesterday as he is today, and tomorrow he's going to be the same way. Thank God for his consistency. Man is inconsistent. Amen? We are inconsistent. If you don't know, just ask me. There was a commercial long, uh, a long time ago that uh, advertised a, a candy bar. It says, sometimes I feel like a nut. Sometimes I don't. That's the inconsistency of man. But for God, he is always consistent. Glory to God. The first part of the verse says this. It says, if my people which are called by my name. Well, let's, let me establish this point real quick. Like, who are God's people? Amen? Who are the people that the scriptures are referring to? 
Well, Matthew, the seventh chapter, around the 21st verse, for those who are taking notes, says this. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Hallelujah. His people are the ones that do his will. Hallelujah. Those who have been called according to his purpose, he, um, we who have been justified. Somebody say justified. Justified. We who have been justified and live by faith are the people that God is referring to here. Matthew goes on and says it this way, the 13th chapter around the 25th verse. He says, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. God said to the people, his people, the church must humble themselves. Uh, we must be willing to concede to his will. Okay, I see some faces that are, are, are kind of like, huh, what does that mean? What God is saying is that his will is what's important. Uh, let me give you another example. Have you ever, anybody ever babysat a, a, a little child? Amen, amen. And, and so we see that when we babysit children, children want what they want. Amen. It is 9 o'clock and I want a, a cupcake. Glory to God. And they try to impose their will, but we know that a cupcake for a, a small child is not good at 9 o'clock at night, right? Because one of you is going to end up being up all night long. Glory to God. That's what God is saying to about his people. If we would humble ourselves to the will of the Lord, hallelujah, then he can get in and do what needs to be done. He tells his people to pray. Jesus reiterates the importance of going to God in prayer in John, the 14th chapter, around the 13th verse. He says this, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That, that the Father may be glorified in his Son. In other words, when we go to God, hallelujah, when we go to God in, in prayer and ask things in the name of the Lord Jesus, these are the things he will do, hallelujah. But see, there's a caveat to that. And it is this, to turn from evil is one of the more literal definitions of repentance. We have to come to a mind of repentance, a key component to the believer's relationship with God. In other words, we have to be willing to say, God, I messed this up. God, I did this wrong. God, I said the wrong thing. Have any of you ever said the wrong thing? Oh, good. Can I go a little bit further? Have you, any of you ever thought the wrong thing? And that thing was about to come out your mouth and you was like, mm. see, every now and again, pastor will go like this. Yeah, and you think I'm just very cool and just slide my mustache down, but I am trying to prevent something from coming out, Lord to God. But these are the things that, that we must be willing to repent from. Yeah. Mm. Here comes the hard part. And this is where the humbling comes in. Once you have identified that you are in the wrong, mm. Once you have identified that this thing is not right in me, it is very important for the believer to say, God, forgive me. I repent from thinking this way. I repent from saying this. 
Oh, thank you, Lord. See, sometimes we think just because I think it and I didn't say it, I don't have to repent from it. I can't tell you about the, the, the many things that, mm, sometimes we just get angry at people and stuff. Glory to God. I know I'm in the right place because you, your faces are telling me. Thank you, Hudson. Sometimes, you know, this thing gets in me. It's like, wait a minute. I don't understand why she said this. In fact, let her come in here one more. She, mm-hmm. In the right place. First John, uh, <laughs> chapter number one, uh, verse nine, it says this If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What? So you mean to tell me that these things that I've been feeling and thinking, I can go to God with them and he will cleanse me from these things? But see, it's the arrogance that the enemy gives us, like, you know, you didn't do anything. You only thought it. You didn't, you didn't really say it, you know, but uh, again, uh, uh, I would have done it, but they didn't come in the room, so I don't think I have to re repent. Understand this, beloved, is that the enemy wants to keep us in that place of broken. Hallelujah. In order to destroy us. He wants to keep us in that place of, well, no one saw me in order to destroy us. Yes. Hallelujah. God says he will heal the land. Let's move on. God heals in many ways. Amen. Amen. In the context of 2 Chronicles, healing the land means saving the people of Israel from their enemies, from the plagues or the disasters brought on by the decisions to turn away from God. Hallelujah. See, we are not far from the people of Israel. In other words, there are we sometimes make decisions that turn us away from God. He will also heal the people physically. Somebody say physically. physically. From illness and injuries. Hallelujah. That part's very important. He will heal families. Mm, here it comes. Spiritually and emotionally. Can I just park here for a second? Many of us deal uh, with issues within our family. Amen. Glory. I know I'm right. Many of us deal with issues within our family. And as a result, because we won't take it to God, our families stay in that constant or that perpetual cycle and circle of, of things that are harming them both emotionally and physically. He heals people spiritually by redeeming them from their sins and helping people move past the emotional and psychological scars. Let's be honest. Many of us deal with things from the past. And because we're dealing with things from the past, glory to God, it affects our today. And if we are not, hallelujah, careful, hallelujah, it will affect our tomorrow. But God has given us a remedy. God has given us a way. God has given us the avenue to get those things fixed. Hallelujah. The problem with, hallelujah, getting those things fixed is sometimes we become attached to the emotional scars. They're my scars. I become comfortable with them. So much so when it's time to go to bed, I put my pajamas on and I put the pajamas on my scarves. We go on to bed. 
Oftentimes, we say, what are you doing? We're going to sleep. We're going to bed. We say, we, because we take that stuff with us. Then we get up in the morning and we wake it up. Come on, scars, it's time to go. Come on, pain, we got to go to work. God has given us a way past that. Watch this. He brings re revival, true revival, pricks, convicts, and converts the heart of mankind. Can I say that one more time? True revival pricks, convicts, and converts the heart of mankind. The very atmosphere is charged with a fresh anointing. Somebody say fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. It's charged with a fresh anointing of the presence of God. So much so that even when a person would be just passing through, here it comes, the area will become convicted and uh, in charge. Watch this. It is very important when we think about how we came to know God. Some of us had a moment of, of revival. We went to a place where a revival was going on. We got to a place where something to kind of change the atmosphere. See, it's going to take the church to humble themselves because we are his people. Somebody say, we are his people. Those who have been called according to his purpose, we who have been justified and live by faith, we are his people. Hallelujah. We are the called ones of the ecclesia. And when we humble ourselves and concentrate on God, his face turns and we turn our face from our wicked ways. Here it comes. God comes in and he cleanses us of all of that stuff. He gets in there and gets in that, that, that those areas that we keep hidden. Yes. But watch this. It is very important that when we get to that place of, of just uh, a humbling, there it is. Thank you, Lord. God just wanted me to, to tell you this, that it's not a feeling. Many times we are moved by how we feel. Remember that, that, that commercial I, I talked about earlier, sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't. We wait till we feel something before we do something. That's why God has given the written word. Because the written word takes the feeling out of it. See, sometimes you just got to go before, hallelujah, you know it. Oh, you don't believe me, huh? Okay, watch this. Have you ever didn't want to go to school? Hallelujah. And your parents said, you getting out of here, you going to, and you didn't want to go. Glory to God. You didn't want to go to Dr. Comtech's class, but you went and something happened as you went, your feelings change. That's why God doesn't wait for us to feel stuff. Hallelujah. He gives us the instructions. Because his people have let the standard fall, the land is in the condition it is. So we need a revival. Somebody said, bring a revival. Bring a revival. To be revived means to rekindle our zeal, uh, to become afresh. Hallelujah. God means for us to be, to be uh, in a place of, of refreshment, to be in a, a place of being open to hear from him again. We need to, to, to be just like a song. I remember um, uh, being a, a young man in church. You have been in church for a little bit now, but 
We used to sing a song that, that says something like this. It says, we praise thee, O God, for the son of thy love, for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Glory to God. See, I, I love that the, how the songwriter wrote it. He said, revive us again. Meaning, we were there at one time, hallelujah, and we needed one more time. Glory to God. It is very important for the people of God to come together um, and begin to ask God to heal the land. Yes. One of the problems with hallelujah, uh, uh, the land that we're in, that we get comfortable in mess. Yes. We, we get used to being in it. We get used to seeing it. So much so that sometimes we speak to it in the morning. It's like, hey mess, hey we get used to it, glory to God. And we and when we become so used to it that we become, hallelujah, our, our, our immune to what's going on around us. But God did not die so that we could live amongst this stuff. He has given us the power, glory to God, to, 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 to make changes in the environment. But see, the, the rub comes that we got to do it together. Hallelujah. Let me show you the, the, the power of corporate prayer. And I'm almost done. Um, actually, a, a 12th chapter. The, the, the scripture says this, that, that Peter was placed in jail. He was arrested um, by the king, King Herod. Glory to God. And Herod was going to kill Peter. Glory to God. The, the scripture says that um, Peter was in jail, but because of the holiday, the Passover, glory to God, the uh, king was going to wait until the next day to do it. The scripture says that, that, that the king had ordered uh, uh, four, um, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? What is it? Uh, he had ordered four, um, ah, da, 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 it's right there, uh, um, soldiers. Um, now, when I say four soldiers, I meant there's a, thank you, thank you, four squadrons. Now, a squadron is consists of seven to 14 soldiers. The king ordered four to guard Peter. In other words, he meant for Peter to be in the place uh, uh, the next day uh, in order to kill him. Four squadrons of soldiers. The scripture says, but the people, somebody say the, the church. The church was praying uh, for this situation. The church was praying vigorously for this situation. The scripture says that when Peter was there in the, the prison, that we have four squadrons consisting of seven to 14 men uh, 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 there. Um, the scripture says that Peter was sitting between two guards. Glory to God. They had Peter chained to the guards. They wanted Peter to be in that place the next day in order to kill him. The scripture says that an angel came to Peter, glory to God, in the midst of all that and tapped him on the side and said, Peter, get up, glory to God. The scripture said that Peter stood up and the chains fell from him. Now let me just pause here, glory to God. The chains represents all of that emotional baggage, all of that stress, all of that pain and that hurt. That rep, that's what those chains represent. The scripture said that Peter stood up, glory to God. Now, mind you, let me pause here for a second. The people are still praying, glory to God. The people are praying for the situation. The scripture says that Peter...
Peter didn't even think that this was real. Hallelujah. He didn't think it was real because he, uh, the scripture says that he thought he was seeing or he thought he was in a vision. Glory to God. Because we don't think God can do the impossible. We see that we are chained to, to, to guards. We see that we have, have issues going on and that nobody can fix this. Glory to God. That no one can get me out of this situation. But I understand that Peter was a man that was in trouble. Glory to God. And just like you and I, he had some family problems. Hallelujah. But the scripture says the angel tapped Peter on the side and said, Peter, get up. Glory to God. When he stood up, his chains fell from him. And he kind of stepped over. Hallelujah. You're going to need to follow me on this one. He kind of stepped over the, the guards. Now, what was happening around him was all of those soldiers, all of those guards were asleep. Glory to God. That allowed Peter to just take a walk out of the prison. The scripture said that the angel led him right to the gate of the city. So let me just pause here for a second. Because, hallelujah, uh, uh, God had commanded this to happen. Glory to God. Peter was able to walk through this situation. But now watch this. Here's the part that's very important. Immediately when they got to the gate, the scripture says that the angel departed. Hallelujah. So now we see that Peter is on the outside of the jail in the city. Glory to God. The scripture says that Peter got to the place where the people were. Hallelujah. Somebody say the church. Peter got to the place where the people were and he began to knock on the gate. Hallelujah. But because he was knocking on the gate, hallelujah, in a, in a way that he didn't want to disturb anybody. What are we talking about, preacher? He didn't want to disturb anybody outside of the church because he's an escaped convict right now. Glory to God. The scripture said that Peter began to knock on the door, and a little girl by the name of Rhoda came to the door. Now, Rhoda heard Peter. Peter's like, look, open the door, it's me. It's Pete. Glory to God. The scripture said that Rhoda was so excited that she ran back to tell the others. Now, hallelujah. Watch this. Here it is that the people are praying. Hallelujah. The young girl sees, hears Peter on the other side. She never opened the door, but she heard his voice and recognized his voice and ran back and told the people, Peter's outside. Glory to God. The scripture said that the Peter, uh, that, that the people said, no, he's not. Yeah, what you heard it was an angel. Glory to God. That's not Peter. Stop disturbing us. We're praying for Peter right now. Let me just pause here. So many times we miss the move of God because we are stuck in a place of not wanting to, to, to receive what we're praying for. Hallelujah. The people wanted something. Hallelujah. And they were praying for something. Hallelujah. But they didn't believe it was happening. Rhoda is there saying, no, it's Peter. It's Peter. Now, here comes the best part. The scripture says when they open up the door, they became excited. Glory to God. But Peter did this. Like, they became excited. The revival had come. Hallelujah. They became excited that they saw that thing by which that they prayed for. They became excited because corporately they went before God and asked for a miracle. And now the miracle has shown up. There comes a revival. 
I'm going to say this. That those things that you are looking for will be found and done corporately. And God has placed that. There it is. God has placed that so that we will humble ourselves. One of the hardest things to do is to ask someone to do something for you. Why is, why is that? Because I want to do it myself. Because if I do it myself, I can claim the glory. If I do it myself, I, I don't have to worry about uh, waiting for, for, for Ben to, to come in on, on, on eight, at 8 o'clock. I don't have to worry uh, uh, about Hudson doing something that, that I can do it myself. Corporately, the people prayed, asking God for a miracle. And it happened. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, God will allow things to come into your circle just so that he can change your character. It's like, God said, I have blessing for you. I have healing for you. But I'm going to put it in this place. And you have to humble yourself to get it. Last example, and then I'm going to go. Austin, give me, please. It is it's very hard to humble yourself. Amen. Stand with me. It's very hard to, to humble yourself. I need to get something from, from Austin. The problem is, I'm not liking Austin right now. Amen. Can we just be real for a second? Sometimes church folk don't like each other. Amen. Okay, I'm, I'm in the right place. And so, the problem is, is that God has seeded my blessing within him. But I have to humble myself in order to, to get it. I recognize that this is a powerful man of God. This is a man of prayer. But we disagree on things right now. And so, I don't want to be in your presence. I don't want you in my space. And I'm going to tell you that. Watch this. When God sees something that's for you in him, what do you do? Like, oh, I just told him where to go and how to get there. Now I got to go back and ask for that very thing. Why? Because God is trying to change something in me. Sure, we, we understand that God has blessings for us. Sure, we understand that God has healing for us. But God, why you got to change my character too? I like my character. Hey, I'm down. He seats it in him. But in order for me to get it, hallelujah, I got to humble myself and say, will you pray for me? <clears throat> Most of the time, I would rather take that thing that I put the pajamas on, you know, that issue, that emotional thing. I'll take it back to bed with me because I know how this thing feels. 
I've been dealing with it for a long time. I would rather deal with it than deal with you. God has deliverance for us. He has revival for us. But in order to get it, we have to humble ourselves and pray. Seek his face and then turn from our ways. See, it's a reason why the scripture says that his ways are not ours, our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. Because have you ever thought that you were right? Okay, uh, let me go back. Have you, have you ever thought you were godly right? And was so godly wrong? Because he allows situations that come, sure, pestilence will, will come to get you to pray. Sure, COVID will come to get you to pray. Sure, financial disruption will come to get you to pray. War will come to get you to pray. Because he's saying, if my people, which are called by my name, who is he talking about? Somebody say the church. Church. will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive sin and heal their lands. And none of that stuff that is written has my feelings wrapped up in it. It's very specific. It gets right to the point. But when God sees something in some place, or someone else. It is very hard for me to do it. I need another example. Come here, Rose. Rose, like, what? What do you mean? I gotta come up here? Yeah, Rose, come on. I got something for you to do. I'm just standing on this side. Glory to God. She is so nervous right now. It's like, what kind of church is this? Watch this. Can I just um, make you a, a couple real quick? Okay. <laughs> here it comes. Many times, God will, will do things in couples. And, here it comes. Excuse me. For, for those who are, are watching uh, on me, um, I have something specific that I believe that God is going to share with you. Okay, and he's going to use these two as the example. Couples, come on, Rose, come a little closer. There are often things that, that, that come up within relationship that, that, that causes strife, that causes turmoil, glory to God. And sometimes um, um, God will lay out what it is that you would need to do, glory to God. But there's something about humbling yourself. See, when you humble yourself, you allow that thing that divides you stand close to bring you back together again. Many times we don't want to humble ourselves because... I'm okay with division. Glory to God. She got her car. He got his car. And neither two. We don't ever have to ride together again. Glory to God. But when you humble yourself, glory to God, God is able to bring that which is dividing you back together again. And it works because, hallelujah, God is trying to change the character of the man and the woman. Can I come back in here again? God is trying to change the character of the man and the woman. Why is that important? Because many times we get to a place where it's like, 
I don't need her. Glory to God. Watch this. I don't need him. I don't need a man. I got a good job. We have some children, but guess what? As long as you pay that child support, I'm good. We know how to function in areas of, of, of distress. But when you humble yourself, hallelujah, God will heal those things and bring family back together again. But you've got to be willing to humble and then pray. Thank you. It was very important that I shared that vision with you because many times we can hear things, but until we see something, it's like, oh, okay. God wants to heal your families. God wants to physically heal your bodies. Hallelujah. We don't believe that healing is for us, and that's why we stay in that place of want. That's why we stay in that place of need. Mm. Financial disruptions. The scripture says you have not because you ask not. A lot of times we find ourselves in a, uh, a temporary situation. Thank you, God. A temporary situation. But it, that temporary situation turns into a permanent situation because we won't humble ourselves and pray. Not only, when the scripture says that one can chase a thousand, two can put ten thousand aflight. What are we talking about? Some issues won't go without some assistance. Yes, some, some situations won't change without getting connected to a power source. Can I talk about the character of the woman of God here? She wakes up every day around the 4 a.m., 5 a.m. time period. She messed with my flow right now. She, she wakes up, she wakes up early in the morning and she seeks God. Now, when I say 4 a.m., 5 a.m., some of you are like, Ooh. because there's some things that go on at 4 a.m. and 5 a.m. that we like to do, amen? And most of us collectively are doing it. Glory to God. How many of you like to sleep? Oh, I'm in the right church. Okay. 4 a.m., 5 a.m., she's diligently seeking God. Daily. Daily. Why? Because it's like being connected to a power source. All of us have something in common, glory to God. We plug our telephones in at night. Amen? Why? So that when we wake up in the morning, we got power. She does the same thing. But she does it spiritually. God is trying to change your atmosphere. He's trying to change 
your now. But you have to humble yourself to get there. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for your word that removes all ambiguity. We thank you for your word, Lord God, that brings clarity. We thank you, Lord God, that, that, that speaks facts in our lives, Father. So, Father, we thank you for being able to humbly come to you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us now the mind to come boldly to you. Father, we thank you for what you are saying and doing in this place. We thank you, Lord God, for changing us, changing our hearts, changing our minds, Lord God, so that we can be in the place that you desire us to be. Change us, Lord God. Father, I thank you for giving us the mind to go and humble ourselves. We thank you, Lord God, for changing that very thing that's on the inside of us. Father, some of us have needs. We have a specific need, Lord God. So, Father, we thank you right now, Lord God, for, for coming into our families. We thank you, Lord God, for salvation. We thank you, Lord God, for doing that on what you can only do. Hallelujah. We thank you, God, for not letting us stay in this place. But, Lord God, we bless you. We thank you. And, Father, we expect you now to move. Move, Lord God. On our jobs, move. In our homes, move, Lord God. In our families, Lord God, move. Lord God, we've been accepting of, of, of addictions running in our families, Lord God. And, Father, we thank you right now for moving, healing, Lord God. Heal our families. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're saying and doing in this place for us, in this season. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's give God a hand. We become so used to things. We're in a place right now that we call bad things good. Amen? Because we want to find our own language. <laughs> Here's the best part. There are no new words, glory to God. We just try to change the meaning of those words. The problem is, is that when we change the meaning, the word is still the word. Yes. Hallelujah. It's time for us to heal the land. Every generation wants to have its handprint on something. Amen. Every generation wants to say that we may change. Amen. But here's the best part. The word of God works today just as it did years ago. And there's a reason for that. That the words don't change. It's a reason that the meanings don't change. Because if it changed, hallelujah. If it changed, then we would constantly have to keep trying to find out uh, uh, what is the what is God saying today? 
God left his word for a reason, so that we didn't have to think, we only had to do. All the hard lifting was done. The reason why is that he wants change for you. He wants to bring healing to you. But he, he's, he left it as a condition, watch this, that meant that you had to do something. It's going to cost you. And, and the, the cost is humbling yourself and then turning from what you used to do. Praying and seeking after God. Now, I, I use Dr. Sarah as, as the example there because there's consistency. And consistency means when I don't feel like it. Amen. Because there are some mornings you feel like it, right? Amen. And there are some mornings you don't feel like it, right? But consistency removes what you feel. For those of you who, who go to work every day, what happens when you don't feel like going to work? And if you don't go, there, there are two options. No money or no job. Amen. For those of you who are in school, what happens when you don't feel like going to class? Well, there's two options. <laughs> there are two options. One, you fail the class, and then the other is you fail out of school. God removed all of that. You want healing? Humble yourself. Come together in prayer. Turn from those things you used to do. You want deliverance? Because he said it. It's like, yeah, that pestilence that you have, yeah, all you have to do is this. Yep, yep. You tired of disease? All you have to do is this. Yep. Tired of being broke? All you have to do is this. And go before God. Amen. Amen. Listen, it's offering time. Um, we invite all of you who are online with us, you can send your, your offering, send your tithe in your offering to Cash App Dollar Sign. Uh, Impact Fellowship. For those of you who are here in the building, all money is collected on campus, stay on campus, so that it opens up the opportunities for us to be a blessing to this land. Glory to God. This campus. Hallelujah. So that events and things can go on um, here. But understand this, uh, beloved. When the scripture says, um, then I, I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Your land is multifaceted. Your land is every place that you occupy, whether you're on the job, in the school, um, in your family, it's multifaceted. So, hallelujah. When you come together corporately in prayer and you lift up your things, mm, can I say this? Yes, thank you, Lord. Sometimes we don't have to go into a lot of detail with saved folks. Amen. Sometimes it's just like, I'm dealing with illness in my family. Can we pray? And the answer is yes. I'm dealing with addiction within my family. Can we pray? The answer is yes. 
I'm dealing with addiction in me. Can we pray? That's an example of humbling yourself and then being able to go in corporate prayer over that situation. I know, I, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. But God is trying to get this thing to us so that our lives can be changed. we got to stop dressing these things up. We shouldn't be dressing pestilence up. We shouldn't be dressing uh, 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 financial problems up. God wants to deliver, restore, and heal. God bless you. I'm going to stop here. Um, we're, going to, we're going to hear some more about this um, um, later on. But God is trying to change us. He's trying to get some things to us. We don't have to keep calling things that are bad good. Some things, because we've been born into it, we just got used to. Yeah, Cousin Ricky been like that all his life. Why? There was a scripture that um, I believe um, you shared, was it, was it last week? Um, it was when there was a, a, a young man who was in need of healing. And the father took him to the disciples of Jesus. And they were not able to heal him. So he brought them to Jesus. I love it because he told one of the disciples first. He's like, I took it to your boys, but your boys couldn't do it. And Jesus said this before healing him. He said, how long has he been like this? And I love that because that's where we are. We are in some stuff. We have been dealing with some things for a long time. How long has he been like this? It's not okay that Cousin Ricky is in his situation when there's powerful people like us in the room, in the church. It's not a good thing that it's not a good thing that our parents and grandparents are in a cycle of, of things when we are available. God wants to change that. But he needs us. Somebody say us. us. He needs us to corporately come together. Humble ourselves. In order to do it. God bless you. God bless all of you. Listen, this week, expect God to do something for you. As we say here, have a great week in God on purpose. God bless all of you. There is power in corporate prayer. You see, the best thing about God, he's always consistent. He's always on time. He's always just everything that you could think of. While we as men, we're inconsistent, you know, we're kind of fleeting in our mindset, you know, we, we ride the fence, for lack of a better term, on a lot of different things. But with corporate prayer and with including God into our situations, we can see how he can move and make things happen in ways that we cannot. We thank you all for tuning in for this another episode of Impact with us. And as we say here, have a great week in God on purpose.